0: Okay, guys, we're studying Masechel Chagiga today. The, uh, the, the Mishnah starts as follows. Okay, the Masechel is called Chagiga after the Korban Chagiga. We'll learn lots about that. A Chagiga is a Korban Shlamim, which Shlamim is often called the Peace Offering, P-E-A-C-E. Uh, the, the, point, the real point we have to remember is that the Korban Shlamim is a Korban that uh, the owner of the Korban gets most of the meat. You have to give some to the Kohanim. So, uh, but uh, you get most of the meat yourself, okay? That's why the, the enjoyment, the celebration, chagiga of the holiday is experienced through the korban chagiga, because you're going to be—that's the meat you're going to have of the uh, of the enjoyment of the holiday. There's also going to be a korban riyah, the olat riyah, the olat riyah, as, as the name implies, a korban Ola, uh, which Rashi will explain a little bit about. For the olat riyah, korban Ola is a korban that goes all to Hashem, okay? And all, all, so sometimes people translate it as a burnt offering not because of the word olah in terms of the translation but the word olah, like it all goes up, so to speak so again, the Mishnah says <laughs> everyone's obligated in re'iyah Rashi points out at the very top <laughs> <laughs> re'iyah means not seeing but it's the mitzvah of re'iyah which is mitzvah re'iyat kol, kol it's uh, all your males as it says uh, <laughs> the, all your males must appear before me, We have to appear in the Beit Hamikdash during the holiday. Okay, and that's why everyone has this obligation. This is really uh, the Aliyah la'regel. Now the word Aliyah la'regel. Don't be confused. Aliyah la'regel means going up to your shalayim for the regel. The Olah is a korban you bring. The idea is it's not just showing up; it's also bringing this korban Olah. Who is obligated? Everyone. Chutz says the Mishnah, except for a chereish, a deaf mute. Um, a Shotez, somebody who is, let's say, uh, insane, doesn't have their mental faculties. Some people, sometimes they'll, uh, they'll translate it as an imbecile, but in uh, literal translation. And the katan, a minor. Rashi says, why? In second line, delav b'nei de'an, ninhu These people don't have uh, de'a. They don't have uh, uh, the ability to sort of be fully cognizant of what's going on, and therefore they are exempt generally from mitzvot. So even though we're saying it specifically here about the the Rei, excuse me, it's a general point. Now, there's other cases too. The Tumtum Tumtum is a person who has uh, hidden uh, sexual organs. We can't tell if they're a male or a female. And the Adroginos is a hermaphrodite who has both uh, male and female sexual organs. So they're also going to be examples to see why for technical reasons. Furthermore, she'inam Women are exempt and also slaves who are not freed. When we say slaves, almost always in a Mishnah, when we say slaves, we're talking about evit K'na'ni. And evit K'na'ni, an, uh, a non-Jewish slave, a Canaanite slave is somebody who uh, basically converts for the purpose of uh, being part of the household of the owner. Okay, and they are obligated in all mitzvot um, like a woman, meaning just like a woman, they're, they're, they're exempt from mitzvot that says she's man grama, from positive time down mitzvot, other they are obligated. Okay, uh, furthermore, hachider a lame person, a blind person, a sick person, an elderly person, anybody else who is not able to walk up to lime on their own two feet um, is, uh, is exempt from the Korban Riyah. Um, fine. Gemara what says, is, what is considered to be a katan for our purposes? You might say that's a silly question. I would assume katan means a person who is below the age of Bar, bar Mitzvah. It says, uh, no. No. He says, says, Anybody who cannot ride on his father's shoulders and walk up to Yerushalayim, or, It's somebody who can't even hold his father's hand and walk on his own. As it says, Shalosh Regalim. The word shalosh rigalim, right, three times during the year, but the word Regalim is not, it's not coincidental, so it says the goodbye. You have to actually have the ability to walk. So again, Beishambe is being a little bit more machmir, right, even at a younger age can ride on the shoulders. Behilos requiring the kid be older enough that he can walk on his own. Uh Rashi points out, the first small Rashi, of Elach, but from then on, even though he certainly isn't obligated from the Torah because a katan is not have any mitzvot in the Torah, nonetheless he chachamim mitzvot. Uh, imposed on the father and mother to uh, instruct him about mitzvot, and therefore he has to. Like, we want the kid to come to debate the mitzvot Okay. Mishnah uh, continues. The Mishnah continues. Beit Shameh Omrim HaRe'iyah Shtey Kasef HaChagigah ma'akasef. Kasef In terms of the value of the Korbanel, Beit Shameh said the Korban has to be two Kasef and the Chagigah is only one ma'akasef. Kasef. Beit Shameh Omrim HaRe'iyah Ma'a Kasef HaGigah Kasef So he flips it over. Okay? Fine. Um tov okay the Gemara says as follows whenever we say in the Mishnah or a, a type of statement like this or a bright that says something like Hakol, like a generalized statement we assume that it comes to include something else the Gemara asks what is it coming to include but other cases not explicitly mentioned in the Mishnah that's implied by the word "hakol." so the Gemara says Misha ben it's somebody who is a half slave half free man how does that happen how are you going half and half the classic way is you have two owners who share in a partnership over the ownership of one slave and they go into the deal right so two people say okay well buy a slave Together and we'll like split the work, but then one decides to free him, so he's freed by one and he is uh, still enslaved by the other. So that person also, apparently, uh, uh, the Gemara is saying is obligated to uh in the Mitzvah of Riyah. So Gemara says, but we're according to Ravina, who says that he is exempt from this Mitzvah of Riyah, Hakol atu So Then what would he say about hakol? Because Clearly, he's not saying that it's about. So, uh, uh, it comes to include the case of a person who is lame on the first day, but he he got straightened out. He became uh, non-lame uh, on the by the second day of the chag. Okay, now that sort of like brings up some sort of this classic, uh, if, you, if you have more time, we say classic lambdas about like, what's the nature of the chiyuv of re'iyah? When does it apply? We'll see that in the Gemara in a second. The idea is that if you are exempt on your own the first day, but then you be, uh, but possibly, possibly you be chayav on the second day, what's the nature of the obligation? Because um, we, we know, and we'll see this in a second, that the ta- there's tashlumin all seven days. Even though theoretically you're supposed to bring the korban the first day, you really have all seven days of the chag to do it. So we have to see how it plays out. So the Gemara says follows. That works very nicely according to the opinion that says that all the days are makeup days for each other, meaning that theoretically each individual day has an obligation. And this, if you don't do it that day, so then the obligation just gets shifted over to the next day. So the guy was Chiger the first day, fine, he was exempt that day, but second day he would be obligated. That would be that. That would be what we'd be learning according to Ravina. according to the opinion that says they're all a makeup for the first day. So then, what's Hakol coming to include? Because this guy wouldn't be because he was the first day, meaning the first day, meaning he was exempt. The fact that he's now able to do it doesn't matter because by day two, the obligation was gone already. He's patur. He's and even though maybe you might say, well, theoretically, he could volunteer to do it. we're not talking about volunteering. We're talking about the obligation. He wouldn't have that. He wouldn't have the obligation. Okay, so what is it? Again, so according to that, that uh, sheet, so it means according to Ravina, but according to the opinion that Tashlume is only for the first day. So, what does it come to include? Laatuye Suma beachat meinav comes to include the case of a person who is blind in one eye. One eye. Now, why is that? Why is blindness relevant? Presumably because the term is riya right? That's about seeing. There's something about seeing. And this would not be in accordance with the following tana. Meaning the idea that you would that you would be obligated, even though you can only see out of one eye, would not be like the following Tana as you'll see. They say clearly if you're blind in one eye, you're exempt. Why? Yerah, it says uh two times. Okay, Rashi right next to this says Yerah, 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 active. Okay, the um, Karinan So Okay, so I actually read it wrong. It shouldn't be Yerah, It should be Yerah, Yerah, meaning like what? What does that mean? It's still in the Rashi. Uh, I'm gonna read again the Rashi in the beginning. Yerah, uh, active, the Karinan It says it's written as Yera'e, You will be seen, but we read it as. I apologize. It's written as you will see, and we read it as will be seen. The idea is it sort of like it looks like it's saying that a person can see the otha. The idea is it sort of, sort of, implies two different things. There's and Yerei. would mean that you are being seen by Hashem, and Yerei would be that you're seeing Hashem. And the idea is that the, the so the ambiguous uh, nature of how it's written in the pasuk. Um, indicates two things. Here we go. So let's go back in the Gemara. The same way you come to see, so too you come to be seen. Just as you see with two eyes, so to to be seen, you have to come to be seen with your two eyes. Okay. And therefore, that opinion wouldn't accept the idea that sum would be chayav. Alternatively, alternatively, we can go back and say no, it's really what we originally. Said we took a kasha Lacha de ravina, so we said, oh maybe it comes to include mishachetsu eva chetsu ben choren. But we asked the kasha about ravina who says that person that is paturim lo There's no difficulty here. Why is there no difficulty even according to ravina? Can the mishnah, commissioner, we show him that One would be like the earlier version of the mishnah, and one would be like a later teaching in the mishnah. What does that mean? We'll just go a little bit further down the bed here. See, the is we learn in the mishnah as follows: ben so it's a big, famous machloke behiel by What do we do about a person who's half and half? So, so Hill says the person who's half and half, he basically splits his time. One day he will serve his master, and one day he gets to work for himself because that's the free part. Amr lahem be Shammai. said to them, let's turn the page. Takadim at Rabbo, but that's more the You fixed. I meaning that was a remedy for his master, meaning that the master who owns him halfway is going to get half the work, so that works out great. But at atzmo, he, he, he didn't fix himself, I and mean, his personal status issues matter. I mean, is this guy considered to be an Evan or a free man? What does that mean? Because lisa shivcha, e'no yacho. can To marry a shivcha, he's not able to. Why? Because of the free part of him. Because the Ben-Horibah, a full-fledged Jew, is not allowed to marry a shifchak um, oh, But Bat-Horin in the Yechol Um I'm sorry, Bat-Horin in the yachol. But you also can't marry a bat because of the slave part of him. So, I mean, Bisham is saying, like, ben Hilla, like, you've addressed a like, the financial issue, but you haven't addressed the personal status issue. So, Gemara says, Levatil. So, Paj, he should be, uh, uh, maybe he should just be, like, like withhold and not marry anybody. No. Very famous line here. The world is created for um reproduction. says, the, the world wasn't created for chaos, it was made for settling. So, <clears throat> Ella, rather, Kofina Drabovo, Ben harin. So, because of tikun haolam, to remedy the situation, tell you, as a remedy for the world, this is a there's a sequence of mishnayot in, uh, in in and talking about tikun haolam. So, this is one of them. So, he says we force the the master who's who held on to him as a slave, and we make him free this guy. So, and he has to write a shtar, a document, freeing him about half the half the value. Okay, meaning that the guy that the slave himself will presumably have to pay back the master for his own value, but he gets his freedom. And Beit Hillel came back and taught and meaning taught not just taught, but Paskin like Beit Shamain. Meaning so that was a Mishnah Chronic. So we just go back to our our sukkah for a second. So I do it that the Mishnah of Rishon of Rashi says is kodim she'chazru beit the horo k beit horo Um that was the uh, that was the beginning, meaning that the idea was that if he would be, um, according to Ravina, that he'd be patur. So that works. Excuse me, that works. I think right only according to the Mishnah Rishona. But once we get to the Mishnah Achrona, right, where even Beit Hillel even B'ed-Hilal agrees with Beit that they're going to end up freeing the guy anyways. So there's basically no distinction between uh, achesu evel ben Chorin, and a regular person because you don't leave, you don't leave anyone in that in between stage. We force the guy to free him, and therefore he would be chayav just like anybody else. So stop there.